Here you grab your song, but we'll be used to it here in a few moments here. Jesus.
think the next one is on page, uh, let me see if I can remember. Uh, 147. Praise God. Oh, yes. Amen. This is a favorite of mine. This is a favorite of mine. This was my grandma Tuhas, one of her favorite songs. Besides the last one we just sang.
down memory lane every now and then. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Praise God. We would get the Holy Ghost moving with songs like we just sang and even without any instruments. That's amazing, isn't it? All because our hearts were, amen, and we're in that place within that we were so desiring to be. <clears throat> Hallelujah. A couple of announcements before we get started. Uh, first of all, in, in, in the future, not the near future, but in, in uh, have been uh, hoping to... Uh, Confirm some dates with Brother Timothy Longshore, and Lord willing, uh, if everything works out, we would hope to have him up here um, in in the month of April and uh, ministering to us. So we'll be looking forward to that. And of course, uh, once I can uh, hear from Brother Craig, and, and as far as him him. Uh, getting back and, and settling for a little few days and coming this way, we will be <clears throat> starting services with him when that, when I uh, when I can hear back from him on that. So, amen. So those two things we'll be looking forward to, too. And then and the other thing is, and of course, uh, those of you that, uh, can you kind of cut this a little bit? Is it on these or might be on the monitors? But uh, um, <clears throat> I think it is on the monitors. Just cut the monitors. Uh, the peak conference that we usually attend in July, they're still having it, but they moved the site of the conference to Houston, Texas. So uh, that kind of put it out of reach for us. We're, we're not going to um, we're not going to make it to Houston, Texas. I know if I head that direction, I I've been hearing from. Uh, 
a couple brethren in that direction that if I ever, ever go to Texas, they want me to minister down there, so <clears throat> that's going to be something else. But uh, I, um, I, doubt we, I doubt we're going to uh, um, make that the peak this year. Just because of that, uh, it's a little bit uh, beyond our reach, mile-wise. So, so uh, in saying that, uh, we have some options. <laughs> uh, first of all, the Lakota family camp that we often uh, have a part in that we that we do is scheduled this year for uh, July eighth through the tenth, and that starts on a Friday. July 8th through the 10th. Now, this, this time, of course, there's just myself and my family that attended last year. <clears throat> and they changed locations. They, they, they're meeting a little closer to Deadwood. And, uh, and, and I told them last year, I said, uh, I really like this facility because it's, it's, it's a little better, a little bit better than the, than the last place they have. You know, I have nothing against the all camp, but... As far as the facilities there, it's it's nice. I mean, you get you're you're more out in the in the wild, I should say. And of course, the activities they have they do have activities that the Lakota, the, I mean, the outlaw camp did not have. So well, when you're not in a certain uh, event or activity, as far as the camp is concerned, you're out doing stuff with uh, with with what they have set up there, and they they got swimming and everything there. They have a uh, what do you call those lines you go out on? Zip line, several other things. So you're interested in that fishing, and of course, uh, basketball, volleyball, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so they asked if, if we would, at this year, try to bring more of our church with us. So I told them I would mention it. And of course, you'll have to pay for your your uh, stay out there, which is, the rates are basically the same. It's not really expensive, but, um, so if you decide to go, let me know, so we can let them know, but they would like to have uh, as many from our church as we could possibly take. And just for the purpose of ministering to the group that they bring up from Two Strike. Uh, last year, it was we had a, a good time again, and uh, amen, we, we preached what we, the Lord gave us to preach, so that that is the other option, and remember that's June eighth through the tenth. June, July. Oh, July. Excuse me. Excuse me. Amen. <laughs> and then, coming up in June. That's probably why I said that, Sister Dina. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm uh, okay, June. The dates, June twenty second. Through the 24th is uh, Brother Robert Longshore, the, the Lighthouse Tabernacle in, in uh, Hogan'sville, is having their annual camp meeting. And uh, <clears throat> of course, uh, we will be going to that again this year. And uh, anybody that wants to attend, uh, and they're hoping that, uh, you know, like we did last year, they're hoping for a repeat of last year. And uh, 
especially the worship, the, the ones that went down and, and, and helped to lead worship. So they're hoping for a repeat of last year. They said we've had, uh, they've had really good feedback as far as that's concerned. And so they're looking forward to some people from this church attending that camp meeting. So I told them, I said, all I can do is I can let them know. I can let them know by letting them know. So you have that, and of course, it'd be quicker for you to fly, but if you want to drive, well, you could drive probably, you younger folks, you could probably drive in, in what, it used to take us 22 hours, I think it was. And we used to drive it 22 hours. Of course, I don't drive straight through anymore. I have to stop halfway and take a break, so that kind of takes a little longer. But So that's something to look forward to, something to pray about, and then if you want to go, let us know. And that way, and he will make arrangements for places for everybody to stay. That's the other thing. So don't forget that. If you let me know ahead of time, then they'll know, if they get a head count, then they'll know to get places ready to stay. So, <coughs> Amen. Looking forward to another good time in the Lord again down there in Hogansville, Georgia. That was called, and you know, it's, it's not, uh, last year was actually the first year that they had that many in attendance for a long time. There used to be more folks than that attending that camp meeting, the Greater Apostolic Fellowship, they call it. And, uh, of course, we're all hungry for the move of God. We're all hungry for the Word of God. And that's the reason why uh, everybody is looking and everybody's expecting, everybody's, amen, just wanting the Lord to do something. So, amen. And we were supposed to have a water baptism tonight. We're not going to have it until Friday. So, we will be baptizing Friday, probably Friday, late Friday afternoon, early Friday evening. We will be baptizing, so. Amen. We'll be getting ready for that. And uh, the, the kitchen is under construction right now, so don't, don't wander back there. Amen. And uh, we want to get that done and then the last part of uh, renovations, and, and this is is this right here, and of course all these. Hallelujah! So little by little. Amen. Here, here. <laughs> I'm putting up a board out there for the carpet, like we did with the other. Okay, she's going to put up the thermometer. Yeah. Okay. For the carpet to raise money for the carpet, so. And, of course, the last time we priced that particular carpet, it was like, uh, it actually was like 27, 2700, but uh, I, I, don't, I haven't really checked to see if they have that same style on hand, so it might change, the price might change. Of course, prices have been going up, so you know there's going to be a change in prices, so it would probably be a little bit higher, but I could probably get, uh, figure it out and Figure out how much we're gonna we're gonna need since I'll be heading that direction. So um, that way we'll know how much we need to raise. Amen. So we'll do what we can. Thank you for everybody that's been helping with us and the work done in this church. Whatever you do, whatever in whatever capacity you help, thank you very much. We all appreciate that. And it's all for the work of God. It's all for. Not just so we can come into a nice place, but for 
this is a, the house of God and this is a place where people can come in and find salvation. Amen. So that's the reason why we're doing it. We're doing what we're doing. Amen. And and uh, I wanted to uh, uh, I I wanted to continue and try to come to a close on what we've been teaching on as far as the feast uh, of tabernacles is concerned. But uh, needless to say, my uh, my program has been uh, changed. And uh, as I was getting myself ready, of course, I have, my notes are, have been on this particular Bible study. They're, they're already, I've had these notes for years, except for the new information I've added to them, but they're pretty, pretty much uh, there. So I don't really have nothing to do but just to pray about it and ask God to help me to, you know, uh, somehow impart some wisdom and knowledge to it so that you can receive it. How many of you have learned anything from this? Be honest with me. How many have learned? I'm glad you've learned. As I said before, uh, everything that you have been hearing, everything that has been given to you, presented to you, as far as this teaching is concerned, uh, actually, it's kind of a condensed version. Um, I was thinking about what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 4.17, somewhere around there. He talked about what he preached in all the churches. He preached what he preached in all the churches, so they all what they heard was what he preached in one church, he preached in another church. So this, what you're hearing tonight, years ago, was preached all over, amen, uh, this country, and then even up in Canada, so people have heard it. It's not like they haven't heard it, but uh, in the first presentations of it, <laughs> We've had some pretty good reaction. <laughs> we had some pretty good reaction to it. And, of course, a lot of people just like, mmm, kind of. Remember, remember what I said uh, Sunday morning? That <clears throat> the, the doctrine of, of one God. Here, O Israel, the, the Lord our God is one Lord. Remember I made that, I made that statement? Because we believe that way and because the Scripture is based upon that, that truth, that challenges uh, paganism. Mm -hmm. It challenges every other belief that comes along. Because that is the truth. There's only one God. We all know that. That's not what I'm talking about tonight, though. I'm just letting you know. But I'm saying that for this reason. Whenever you bring something that a lot of people maybe sometimes haven't heard or haven't had a in in-depth understanding of it and if it goes against what they were taught let me tell you something I'll say it again I never used to believe the way I believe now mm -hmm. I was taught differently Amen. and then the the whole thing about it is when the Lord began to to lay upon my heart his word I tell you what it, it, and, and I'll be honest with you just like everybody just like all of us it rubbed me wrong mm -hmm. it rubbed me wrong and I just had a hard time I fought with it but here comes the word of the Lord again. It was just like, man, I just couldn't let it go. It just kept coming at me and kept... Finally, one time he gave me a 
a profound understanding, a profound revelation. And when that hit me, that's all he had to do. And I tell you what, that's what turned my heart. And so when I took what he gave me and I, I went to Brother Gerritsen, to Elder Gerritsen, and I showed him, I told him, I said, I said, this is what God gave me. This is what the Lord showed me when I, when I showed it to him. And he, he, you know, he had, in a sense, he already knew. He knew what was going on. He said, Brother Harold, the Lord is obviously doing this for a reason. He's revealing these things to you for a reason. And so that was my beginning in, in this study. I mean, it was like he said, this is what I'm calling you to do, and this is what you're going to do. And so I took it, and I began to run with it. And, of course, there's been a lot of, you know, information that has come over the years that has been uh, added to what you have, uh, what, I've been, what I've been teaching at, and, and going along. And, and, of course, here's the other thing. Uh, here's the other thing. The process of looking at Scripture, uh, prophecy, the process of elimination, finding out what really applies and what doesn't apply. So that's a lot of, and if I showed you a lot of the scriptures and I showed you a lot of things that I had to go through, uh, you would be amazed. And, but here it is, only because God, here's the thing, God wants us to know, God wants us to compare. Mm -hmm. Paul said comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Mm -hmm. So we have that, we have that at our, at our, uh, you know, where we can where we can engage in that, where we can seek it out, where we can search it and find out the truth. And that's how it is. And, and you know, it's, it's what I said the other day. It's given by revelation. It's a mystery that has been made known to made known unto us so we can understand, we can see what it's all about. So you're blessed just to receive the finished product. The finished product of it. Everything that's been given. Of course, there's, like I said, this is just a... Uh, summarize you know summarize part of it of course there's others and, and as you go along and, and here's the thing you apply it to everything that you understand about the coming of the Lord and to certain events and even chronologically how it applies not just to I, I would have never have understood this if I would never have gotten into studying the feast of Israel I would have never understood it but that's the key and when we talk about God's will, there's also a prophetic will. And of course, the church is in God's prophetic will. Because Israel, when they practiced what we're talking about, when they practiced, they fulfilled it. They literally fulfilled it. But yet it had a greater purpose just then for Israel. It had a purpose for the New Testament covenant, uh, covenant too. So here we are. We're in that place because we have fulfilled Passover, uh, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, but we haven't fulfilled tabernacles yet. We're right at the door. Is that understanding? Are you understanding that? Amen. Sometimes I have to repeat myself so you can understand it. So you can work it over in your mind and say, okay, okay, okay. I'm reminded of that. But so that's why it's important to us. And there's so many things about this. And like I said, uh, we're just barreling along as we can just to somehow get ourselves acquainted. How many of you have really studied the scriptures? Out? How many of you have studied everything out so far? How many of you have taken upon yourself to look it up? Because that's what I challenged you to do, didn't I? Look it up. And this, this topic is so controversial, there's always, people always want to refute it, and there's always debate. <laughs> I, I never realized that that was going to happen when I first got into this and when I first started to teach it, but hey, man, I tell you what. 
walked out of some churches, walked out of some fellowships, and people looking at me like, <laughs> you know what they, you know what they, and, and I know this because certain brethren that I knew that knew Brother Gerritsen that they referred to him as the doomsday prophet. And then I, I received that title too. But here's the thing. I'm not a doomsday prophet. I'm, I only, I'm concerned about doomsday only that you and I can escape it. Amen. That we won't be left behind to experience doomsday. Amen. Uh, because doomsday is for everybody that does not want anything to do with Jesus. Amen. If you turn him away, the disobedient, the unbelieving, that's who doomsday is for. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm doing that to, I guess, somehow forewarn you that we need to attend to our salvation. We need to attend to it. What I mean by that is we need to do everything we can to secure our salvation, our walk with God. We cannot be, amen, uh, half-hearted. We cannot be half-hearted concerning this. We've got to love the Lord. I, when, when I heard the gospel, when they preached to me the gospel, and just hold on here, we'll be going to Scripture. But when I preached the gospel, when the gospel was preached to me, when I heard about the uh, opportunity to be, be born again, that my life can change. And to me, just like everybody else in here, obviously, hopefully right now, you know, you felt this way when you first heard the gospel, that you were in that place in your, in your heart where you thought to yourself, my life, I, my life needs to change. Mm -hmm. And I want to change. Mm -hmm. And I want things to change for the better. Mm -hmm. Praise God. I, and, and you know, that's the promise Jesus gave us. And, and guess what? He'll always keep his promise. But the thing about it is, the key to that is this, is that we have a heart, we have a heart and a will that we want to change. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be the same. We, we're tired of, of our old self. Of our old self. You're tired of your same old sins. Same old things going on in your life. Just going around in circles. You're tired of that. So because of that you wanted to change. You wanted to overcome that. You wanted to be happier. You wanted to have peace. You wanted to know what real love is all about. And guess what? We still can. But the thing about it is. is being tired of it all. To the point where we can say. Hey I don't want this no more. So that's the reason why I. That I got baptized. Mm -hmm. So that my sins could be washed away. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Now just hold on, folks. Hold on here. I'll just. I've got something for you. <laughs> see, this is. And just imagine, I'm just using this as an example. You see what's written on this one page right here? And I'm not expecting you to read it. I'm just showing you. You can see what's written there. It? There's some things written there on this page. When we were living in sin, God had, the Bible says, He wrote a lot of things in a book. 
And that's what our life consisted of. All these things. All these terrible, sinful, awful, bad things that you and I experience. We had that against us. It was written. It was written so that it could be testified against us. So that when we, you know, and, and we are, we're going to stand before the throne of God. We're going to give an account of what we have done in this body. It's going to happen. It's, it's in the future. It's going to happen. You're literally going to stand before the throne of God and you're going to give an account for everything you've ever done in your life. Wow. So we had all this written against us. This is, this is a record that was kept against us. But because we believe the gospel, guess what happened? The Lord said, amen, I'm going to remove your sin from you. As far as the east is from the west, I'm going to wash you and make you clean. I'm going to wash away all the filth. I'm going to wash away all the, you know, the curse of sin. I'm going to wash it all away. So those things that were written against us, once he washed away, guess what? This is how we looked after that washing. Amen. Nothing there. Amen. A white page. A clear page. Amen. See, that's important for you to understand. That's, the, that's what takes place when we come to that, that, that uh, when we're given the opportunity of salvation to start a new life. That's how it is. This is how we start out. If you went to him after you were baptized in Jesus' name and you said, Lord, forgive me for this, and you start to go back in your past, you know what he would say? Forgive you for what? Mm -hmm. Amen. It's been forgiven. Amen. And it's been washed under the blood. Why are you asking me? Amen. When it's not there in my mind. Amen. That's the thing you have to understand and realize. That's the thing that we all have to you know, and I know some, that sounds too good to be true, but it's the truth. Amen. God's a keeper of his word and God's a keeper of his promises. So that's why to be born again, to be born anew, we start over a new life. Man, I'm glad he came into my life. Amen. I'm not a drug addict no more. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not all those things. All those things. Vices, all those, amen, all those sins, all those, the actions, the behavior, the, the thoughts, everything. Everything that sin did, did and, and how sin was trying to bring me down. Guess what? I'm glad I'm not there no more. Amen. I'm glad I'm not there no more. I'm glad I've been set free. Amen. I'm glad I'm living for God. Amen. I'm glad he's in my life. So that's why I'm doing what I can to fulfill his will for me, for what he called me to do. And you, you should understand that's what he wants you to do. God wants to change your life in that effect where your life is going to change, where you're not going to do the same things over again. You're not going back to, as the Bible says, it's like a, amen, dog, amen, going, eating his own vomit again regurgitating all that stuff up and eating it again. That's what he compared going back into sin like. Or a sire going back to her wallowing in the mire. After she's been washed off, she goes back to that old mud hole. Amen. And she just rolls around in it. 
We're, we're not to be like that. Is everybody kind of getting a, a picture of it now? It's delicate. Your salvation, your walk with God is a delicate thing. Mm -hmm. You ever hear that expression about walking on thin ice? <laughs> you need to be careful. You need to be careful. And, and I'm not saying it's hard, because it's not. If you really love the Lord, guess what? You're going to be able to overcome. You're going to be able to live that life. How many of you in here really have a desire to do what's right? Amen. You really have a desire to do what's right. I want to do what's right. I want to do what's pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. I want to do. I want to do that. I want to hold on to eternal life. I want to do all that. Of course, as I said many times before, the church is, a, is the proving ground. It's the reason why we have church. The reason why we congregate, we come together like we do, so that we can learn, so that we can grow, so that we can develop, so that we can become rooted and grounded in Him, so that we can be able to, amen, have that kind of, uh, how can I say, uh, we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We can stand. Did you know that you can stand for Jesus? And even though temptation comes and, amen, trial comes and all these other pressures, all these other things and distractions, all these other things come. Did you know that you could still stand? Mm -hmm. You can still stand. Mm -hmm. You can still. So, so you're kind of, it's like you're, you're building yourself up in the Lord. Building yourself up. Amen. Hallelujah. Building your faith, building your, amen, increasing in your faith, in your knowledge, in your experiences with the Lord, walking in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything we do, it's delicate. Turn with me to the book of uh, <laughs> Ezekiel. Chapter 3. Like I said, I was intending to teach again tonight and try to somehow come to a somewhat of a conclusion, but uh, we might have to put that on the back burner for next week. And only because this was laid upon my heart, so I figured, okay, uh, obviously... Lord has other intentions.
When I say it's a delicate thing, it's a delicate thing what I do with my muscle back. Oh, yeah. It's a delicate thing. Ezekiel chapter 3. Let me see if I can find it first of all. Amen. In verse number 20, if you have it, say amen. amen. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because thou hast not given him warning, he shall die in his sin. And his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered. But his blood will I require at thine hand. Did everybody see that? Let me just break this down a little bit. He's saying, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and he commits sin, he commits iniquity, the Lord says, I'll lay a stumbling block before him. If he dies, he shall die because thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin. Remember this, folks. The wages of sin is death. There's always the possibility of a child of God. Let me kind of settle some things in your mind so you can understand. The Bible refers to us as saints. A saint, like a lot of people, you know, think, is a person who doesn't do no wrong. Which, in a sense, that's part of it. That's true. I guess that part of it's true. But here's the thing about a saint. What that word really means this. A saint is a person who has been sanctified. He has been pronounced clean. He has been made clean. And how did that happen? When we were baptized in Jesus' name. His blood was applied to us. And so we were washed clean from our sins. And, and, and when you read what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6.11, that we are justified in, in all this. We are sanctified. Amen. By, through the name of our Lord and by His Spirit. So we became saints. We were sanctified. And as a result... And also part of this work of sanctification is this, is us being quickened by His Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. So God gives us the Holy Ghost. He quickens us, makes us alive, okay? Because when we were in sin, we were dead to God, okay? So He makes us alive. That's the only way that we can become alive in the Lord is we're filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the only way we can come alive. And so we're sanctified we're quickened in the Holy Ghost, so we become a saint. A saint 
And so as a result of that, the, 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 the work and process of salvation is executed through the working of the Holy Ghost in our lives. As long as we yield, as long as we humble ourselves to the work of the Holy Ghost in us, we're going to be sanctified. Amen. We're going to be quickened so that we can live for Him. You cannot live for God. You cannot effectively live for God without the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the only one that imparts that life to us, that new life. The Bible says to walk in newness of life. You know what that means? Walking in the Spirit. Amen. So when we walk in the Spirit, we're going to walk in newness of life. So guess what? We continue to be sanctified, or we continue to be, amen, saints of God. Amen. So as a result, when we do that, we fulfill His righteousness. Amen. We fulfill it. Mm -hmm. amen. amen. It all hinges on the work of the Holy Ghost, but not just that, but on our obedience and our willingness, our humility to say, okay, God, I, I you know, I profess that you are Lord in my life. You're the one that controls my life, Lord. I profess. And, and the Bible says, no man can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Unless you have the Holy Ghost working in you, you cannot really say Jesus is Lord. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost will quicken you and you will live for Him. I'm saying that. Because there is a need to be godly. A need to be God-fearing. To fear God. I'm not saying to be afraid of Him. I'm saying to reverence Him. To acknowledge Him. How many of you acknowledge Him? Amen. You come into the house of God, you should acknowledge Him. How do you do that? Well, lift your hands. Give the Lord a wave offering. Let Him know you're here. He knows you're here, but amen. He wants to see, amen, that you want to acknowledge Him. Why? This is so important for us to understand this. This is what leads us into that place of, amen, sanctification and righteousness. And this is what helps us to maintain our salvation. This is what helps us to keep our salvation. It's a work in progress. It's a work that we, that we need to always, amen, always be seeking. Okay, uh, let's, let me go back to what we're talking about here. I just, uh, so he said, he said, if, a, if when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and he commits iniquity, he commits iniquity. Look at that statement there. When he turns from his righteousness and he commits iniquity. Now, you stop right there and go down to the latter part of the verse there where it says, it says, and his righteousness which he had done shall not be remembered. In other words, everything that you 
built yourself up to, your faith, your obedience, everything that you, the distance you came. I'm glad the Lord brought me this far. I want to go further with him. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad it's been a lot of years, a lot of miles, different experiences, different circumstances and situations. Amen. For the most part, good. But along the way, there has been trial, tribulation, temptation, affliction, sickness, adversity. Are you listening to me? But thank God I'm still holding on. What about you? So in other words, I've built up a record. I built up a record. You know, you may not think of how many times that whenever you've overcome temptation and you, you pass the test. I did that with my wife the other day. She's on a keto diet, so I came back and I... I was I, I've got myself a a uh, um, Gatorade and I picked me up two candy bars. Went back and there she was sitting at the table and I said, Here, put it down in front of her. She just took it, okay. And I went in I went in the living room and I opened up my Gatorade and I had my candy bar there. I was gonna and here I hear her say, Harold. So I said, what? And so I went in and she said, here, take this back. I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> so I, was, I told her, I said, I was waiting to see. <laughs> Everything you built yourself up to for keto would have been lost in that one moment. Are you getting my drift? That's why the Bible says we're to pursue righteousness. We're to pursue it. Let's, let's live. One, you can live for God if you really want to live for God. But if you don't, you're not going to. But here's the thing. Everything that we've ever done, every, the point that we ever have ever come to, guess what? We can lose all that in one moment. Because we've wanted to let sin have its way in our life. Mm -hmm. So you might want to go back and you might want to say, well, Lord, look what all I've done. Look how many times I've been to church. Look how many times I've fasted. Look at all the offering and the tithe I've paid. Look at all the people I've ever witnessed to. Everything you've ever done, just because that one moment of, amen, temptation, and you gave in, guess what? All of it was just, boom. Anybody ever think about that? That's a, that's something that's serious, isn't it? Starting back over. Starting back over. Starting back over. 
Now, here's, here's the thing. That means, what's the word they use when, they, uh, when they're trying to prove something wrong? What's that word they use nowadays? Uh, fact check? Fact check? Uh, no, fact, fact check. Yeah, well, refute? Re, yeah, refute. What's the other word? There's another word they use. Uh, what, who? No? Oh, 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 man, my mind just went blank. I should have wrote it down. Justify? No. Um, I'll, it'll come to my mind. And I'll, I'll mention it. So when that happens, when that happens, and, and, and basically somehow to, to prove something false, to prove it false, that's why you and I, we need to be doing what we can to maintain our salvation. There's a lot of ups and downs. And you all know that by now, don't you? Amen. You all know there's a lot of ups and downs. But here's the thing. I'm glad Jesus is with me during my ups and downs. Amen. I'm glad he gives me the the strength, the willpower, the wisdom, the discernment to do what's right. And if you just look to him during all these times, you're going to find out he'll lead you right out of it. And he won't put on you more than you're able to handle. He'll make a way of escape for you. Praise God. If you just stay committed to him. But you think about that. You think about that. Uh, go with me to the book of Hebrews. And chapter 10 debunk to debunk. Does anybody, anybody see that? Yeah, they want to they want to they want to prove you wrong. The devil is always doing that to us. A lot of people think of him as their friend. <laughs> But he's such a friend that he'll always backstab you. Amen. <laughs> That's not a true friend. That's not a true friend. Hebrews chapter 10. Did I tell you Hebrews chapter 10? Okay. Verse number 35. It says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Your confidence. Your confidence. Let me ask you a question. Who's your confidence? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you hear me? Amen. Who is your confidence? You notice I said who, not what. Who is your confidence? Nobody's answered me yet. Jesus. Jesus should be your confidence. So he should be your confidence. If you do everything that Jesus you know what he said? He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. And my commandments are not grievous unto you. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if we really love him, we're going to do what he tells us to. That's simply said. Mm -hmm. So we want to follow him. You know, that movement way back in, when was that? The late 90s, early uh, 2000s, you know, WW, what was that? 
What would Jesus be? WWJD? Why would people even have to ask that question? You know what he would do. Here's the thing about it. You know what he would do. People knew what he would do, but they wouldn't follow him anyway. <laughs> I'm not trying to be ugly or I'm not saying that to get anybody mad. That, but that's just the truth. If you really want to, if you really love the Lord, you notice I said love. If you really love the Lord, you're not going to have any problem obeying him. Keeping his commandments. Walking with him. You're going to do that. So, he's our confidence. I don't have confidence in myself. I have confidence in him. He's my assurance. He's my blessed assurance. If I lean too much upon my flesh, guess what? My flesh will take me down. Whenever my flesh begins to Amen. Burden me and I can feel it. And we all feel it because we wake up with our flesh, don't we? Amen. And when it begins to burden me, guess what I do? I begin to talk to Jesus. Amen. I begin to yield to the Holy Ghost. I begin to worship him. When I do that, guess what? I feel his spirit just quicken me, lifts me up. And then I know that burden is gone. I don't, I don't feel the weight of it. Now I can feel, amen, his love. Amen. Now I can feel joy now i can feel amen peace and now i have confidence because he's done that for me he's my confidence mm -hmm. amen. when i can yield to his spirit in that way that's what gives me confidence cast not away therefore your confidence mm -hmm. amen. which hath great recompense of reward let me tell you something it's worth it's worth it all living for Jesus. Amen. When you go through certain things, amen, don't be, amen, so, uh, amen, discouraged. Believe God. Walk through it. Because he's your confidence. Amen. amen. Man, I tell you what, he, he ceases to amaze me. He never lets me down. He always somehow comes along and zap. <laughs> I'll show you what I can explain. <laughs> Woo! Sometimes I wonder, you know, when I talk to the Lord, and I talk to Him, and you know, I and I just kind of give Him certain things. I, I, I wasn't say I, I throw certain things, but I, I, you know, in a sense, I just kind of let Him know what what this old heart of mine is. You know, what's here, and uh, it seems like He always comes through and. And, and and here's the thing. That thought always comes to me. Why are you worried? Why are you worrying yourself? You know why? Because God will always come through for you. He's my confidence. Amen. Some of you experienced miracles, haven't you? I'm not, you know... Miracles that God has come and He's turned things around for you. He's opened doors for you. Did you know that God even shuts doors? Yep. He not just opens them, but He shuts them. But those things happen. He makes that way for you. So that's why He should be our confidence. So He says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great 
recompense or reward. <clears throat> For you have need of patience. You have need of patience. It's not going to happen when we want it to happen. But it, it is going to happen. Huh? Ooh, God always comes on time. That's why we have to be patient. Amen. <laughs> Amen huh? I made a mistake years ago praying for patience. Ooh, don't ever do that. Ooh. But I had to learn some things because I prayed for it. And it's just like the Lord said, hold on there, boy. Hold on there. Pull back on them reins there. Sometimes he'll give you rain. You know what I mean? Sometimes he'll let you, you know, see what you're going to do. He'll give you rain. Which direction are you going to go? Are you going to follow that same path? <laughs> or are you going to turn around? <laughs> Praise God. Oh, here. I almost forgot about this. <clears throat> the difference. The difference about sin is this. Because we should not desire to sin. We should not have a desire to willfully sin. There's a difference. When you think about it and you say, okay, I'm going to do it and you fulfill it. The Bible says when it's conceived and then you'll, you go through the whole process, then it's going to bring forth. Sin is going to be the, <clears throat> the very outcome, but along with sin comes death. But there's a difference between willful sinning and sinning ignorantly. In other words, you did not know. You weren't looking to sin. And a lot of times it's because, not just because of you, it's because Satan wanted to trip you up. He wanted to trip you up. So sometimes we have to be very careful. We have to be, you know, cautious. And we have to do what we can. Like the Bible says, try the spirits to see whether they be of God or not. So you're out there and that's what you have to do. You have to kind of watch what you're doing. You have to be careful. Because... Sometimes he will trip you up. So if he trips you up, and this is what I believe the scripture says, when a righteous man falls down seven times, he stands up seven times. It's not because he willfully did it. It was because somebody tripped him up. There's a difference. There's a difference. I remember having a dream. This was years ago. And I had a dream that I fell. And uh, I was working for the Fort Randall Casino at that time as a shuttle driver. And you know, that job, people were kind of leery about me because they heard about me. And so when it came time to ride in the shuttle with me, the first, when they first encountered me, they were all quiet. Didn't want to say a word around me. Because they said, that guy's a preacher. That's a preacher man right there. Dude. And here's, at least they had enough respect not to cuss too. 
But then after they got to know me a little bit, guess what? <clears throat> Here comes a lot of their problems and a lot of their difficulties, a lot of the issues, and they begin to relate it to me. Like, and, and, and so that opened the door for me to witness to them. Talk to them about God. But, you know, being around that environment, walking in and out of that casino day after day. Man, I plead the blood when I go in there. And I come out and I, I pray and God help me. But you know what? One night I went to bed. I had a dream. And in that dream, I fell. In that dream, I actually, amen, went and started drinking with some of those people. In that dream. In that dream, it was so real and so vivid, vivid, I opened up a beer can and you could smell it and, and there it was and drinking it and all this and, and, and I became intoxicated in that dream. I did all those things that the Lord saved me from and so amen. The next morning when I woke up, guess what? It seemed so real to me. I thought to myself, did I really do that last night? And I woke up and guess what? The feeling I had, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken, like, how could I allow myself to do that? <clears throat> but finally, after I came to my senses, I realized it was just a dream. Woo! Amen. I don't know why, you know, of course, you know, the Bible says dreams happen because of, you know, the a lot of the activities during the day, but maybe that was so, but maybe God allowed me to dream that, to really feel what it was like. But you know, when I woke up, I felt lousy. I was heartbroken. I thought to myself, man, how could I do that after all these years? You know, you know anybody else do this? Huh? I'm trying to... In other words, that's a sign that you're trying to get, get rid of all the evidence, the, the, evidence, the fills. And, but when I realized it was a dream, I was like, woo-hoo! Amen. But let me tell you something, everybody. Cast not away your confidence. We need to hold on to the things of God. I don't know why, why you know, why, obviously I do. The Lord wants to talk to some of you tonight. Amen. For he says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. The Lord will always show up for you, and he will always show up on time. Okay, but look what he says. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. If any person draws back, he said, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. God doesn't want us. You know where it starts? It starts up here. Starts right here. When you begin to think about it. Are you listening to me young folks? When you begin to entertain all those thoughts of temptation. All those ungodly thoughts. You let them reap havoc with your mind. You just entertain them. You think there's nothing wrong. 
Amen. That's the point where you need to stop. And you need to, amen, prevent them from having so much liberty in your mind. Like the Bible says, bringing down strongholds, bringing every thought into captivity. Say, no, Lord, because that's where it starts. That's where it starts. It starts with you thinking about it. So that's why you don't need to think about it. If anything, think about the word of God. Meditate in the word. That's what you need, need to begin. Amen. Meditate in the Word. Think about good things. Think about pure things. Amen. Think about true things. Think about lovely things. Think about things that are of good report, as Paul said in Philippians 4. Think about all these things. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are just. You think on these things. Amen. Think about them. Meditate on them. Get your mind off of backsliding. Amen. Get your mind off of turning your back on God. Going back into the world. Get your mind off of those things. Because he said, the just shall live by his faith. If any man draw back, my soul has no pleasure. God doesn't have any pleasure in that. God doesn't approve of it. Amen. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul. That should be our thinking. That should be our mentality. Hey, the only thing I'm thinking about right, right now is I want to be saved. Amen. I want to be a child of God. I'm not interested in anything else. Hallelujah. Because it's delicate. You think about it, all of you have, you know, you, you, you do your do what you, you, you feel you have to do what's right and you're trying to build up your faith and your testimony. Remember, you have a testimony. You have a testimony. Remember this about the, how many of you are aware of this? People watch you. <laughs> you don't even notice that people watch you. You have a testimony. What you do it's not what you say, it's what you do. It's your actions. It's the way you look. It's your attitude. All you young people. People watch that and they go, hmm. That's a tall tale sign. You can say you love Jesus all you want to, but unless you show it by your actions. We're just talking tonight. I'm just taking time out of my busy schedule <laughs> to share this with you. Because God laid it on my heart. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to, you know, <clears throat> somebody's told me a while back that I'd become a softie. I said, what? And so as the conversation went on, <clears throat> they said certain things that they said, well, I know before you would never put up with this. 
you would confront it right away. But you're not like that no more. So I thought, oh, oh, oh boy. I had to think about that for a while. I had to really think about that. You know, I'm. Don't, don't be afraid of me. I may look mean, but I'm not mean. <laughs> My girls used, always used to say this it's your eyebrows, Dad. Because they would tell their friends and stuff, he's not, my dad's not like that. Jeez, you know, I thought to myself, I need to smile more then. Be more friendly. But I, I thought I was. But I guess it's the way my face is. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know if because of who I am. People just kind of like, let me tell you something. I would never hold back the word of God for you because I do I fear God and if believe it or not my desire is that you all make it into heaven you all make it there and if there's times there's a confrontation there if there's times I have to come down and I have to you know and I know you know I do the best I can as far as not getting too upset about certain things but sometimes if it gets really difficult, guess what? If there has to be a rebuke, then there has to be a rebuke. Amen. Amen. I thought about this years ago because, you know, people would want to question what it's like to be a pastor. This ministry is, is different than all the other offices of the ministry. Because we, we wear many hats. We do a lot of things different. We're the ones that... that are in fellowship with the church more than any other than any other than ministries. So we see a lot of things. We're aware of a lot of things. We have that connection. We have that relationship. So we're always right there. And, and it's not an easy job. It's not an easy job. It's not easy. The other night you heard the Lord speak to us. That wasn't me. It was the Lord. The Lord speaking through me. And see, being in that place where you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost and to the leading of the Holy Ghost, being obedient to God, you've got to be there. You've got to be there. And when God begins to move, you know, you need to obey God. And, and that's one thing I've learned all these years. I've learned to, to do my best to be obedient and submit myself to the Lord's leading. So when he wants to speak to you through the word, through a Bible study, through a, 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 a preaching, through the gifts of the Spirit, guess what? I need to be there. You know why? Because I want you to hear what God has to say to you. It's not an easy job. And I always thought to myself, maybe one of these times I'd have put some of these young men up here to really see how it is. <laughs> it's more than just standing behind the pulpit. They think this is all it? No, it's not. It's that burden that's placed upon you. You know, when I first came into the ministry, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to deviate, but I just want to explain something to you. When I first was called into the ministry, I knew the Lord was calling me into the ministry. I felt it. You know how? He was starting to place a burden upon me. 
And I began to feel it, but it was a different burden. I thought, Lord, what's this all about? What's this all about? Here comes two men of God, amen, that did not know each other. And here they come, and, and the Lord spoke to them the word of knowledge and spoke to me about him calling me into the ministry and what he was doing. Then I understood why I was feeling what I was feeling, why I started to carry that weight I was carrying, because God was preparing me. It was something that I had never experienced before, something I never even, amen, had any idea. But here was God saying, you know, a good, a good example is the prophets when they said, here is the burden of the word of the Lord. And so I began to receive that burden. So I understood God was calling me. I understood he was doing that. Guess what? God will do that to you. In whatever capacity he's going to use you, he's going to do that. Don't think it's a strange thing. But God will do that to you. I think some of you young men might be feeling that already. You feel that and you go, wow, what is that? But it's God. But here's the thing. It really takes the Lord to lead you, to guide you, to use you. And even when he wants to speak to you through his spoken word and by the Spirit, and it's, I shared this with men in men's group the other night. The Lord spoke to us the other night. I, I, I don't remember all of it, but I'll tell you what, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. What he promised us, what he gave us. How many of you received that word? Huh? Some of you fight. Mm -mm -mm. But you know what I felt after, right after I, I spoke it? <clears throat> I felt a, a wave of unbelief and doubt. I know that because I've been doing this for a long time and I can, I mean, you can, you can discern it. You can, and obviously somebody wasn't accepting or receiving it because of that, because they weren't believing, they had doubt. And so it just it kind of hit me and I thought, hmm. But you know what the Lord told me a long time ago? He said, I'm going to make your forehead thicker than theirs. <laughs> so it doesn't affect me anymore. But why am I saying that? Because I'm telling you this. Why am I saying what I'm saying tonight? Because I'm telling this. We need to, to realize how delicate our salvation is. We cannot entertain. We cannot play. We cannot be up one day and down the next. We cannot be in and out. We cannot be that way. We, can, we cannot be, when we're feeling good, we're going to live for the Lord. When we're not, we're not going to. We cannot be that way. We've got to have that desire we've got to have that will we've got to have that mind that we're going to serve God regardless of what we're going through in life doing what is right you go back into Hebrews chapter 6 now here's more scripture uh, this is positive scripture remember positive positive it says, therefore, verse number one, therefore having, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. In other words, let's quit going back there. Let's quit allowing ourselves to fail God. Let's quit going back there. This is the, the greatest thing man 
has ever been given. Amen. This salvation, the greatest thing that any person can ever experience on this earth is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. The greatest thing. Amen. We're not to fail God. We're not to belittle God. We're not to allow ourselves to fall back into those places God brought us from. We're to move on. We're to go on from there. Put everything behind us. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So he said, of the doctrines of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. This is what we're going to achieve this. You know, so he says, if God permit. Why is that? Why do you think uh, the writer of Hebrews said that? If God permit. He's the one that gives repentance. Guess what? When I, when I say this, I'm not saying it just to tickle your ears. You can't live for God unless you really want to live for God. If you really want to live for God, you're going to live for God. Quit, quit lying to God. Quit lying to yourself. Thinking that you can be okay and you can be like a yo-yo. Back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. That's the reason why I said that. This we will do if God permit. You know, God knows our hearts. Why do you think John said that? I would that you would prosper even as your soul prospers. You know why we can't prosper? Because our soul's not prospering. Because we're not seeking God. Because we're not sincere. Amen. All you young people, I want you to understand this. Don't just go through the motions. And I hope you're not here just because your mom and dad told you to come to church. You need to be here because you want to come to church. You want to obey God. You want to be saved. Amen. Amen. Because you want this. Let me tell you something. Here's the thing that you young people fail to understand and see. You have it better right now because at the age you are right now, if you can get a hold of God at the age you are right now, man, could you imagine all the, the possibilities, all the opportunities, all the potential you have if you would get a hold of God? And here's the, here's the other thing. So that you can be happy. Mm -hmm. yes. I know this for a fact. You're not happy. Quit lying to yourself. You're not happy. That's why you're miserable. Quit blaming it on God. You're not unhappy because of God. You're unhappy because of your sin. You're unhappy because of your attitude, your spirit, where you are right. That's what makes you unhappy. Whatever environment that you allow yourself to living that to abide in that's what you're going to experience that's the weight so if you got if you you what jesus say take my yoke upon me and learn my uh, learn of me for for because my yoke is easy my burden is light mm -hmm. and so if you do that you're going to find out it's going to be easier oh yes easier Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. this is almost like having a class We would call this 
You know, I worked as a counselor. We call this psychoeducation. Now, you, you, you kids, if you're going to, uh, I don't like to use that word kids, but you're, you youngins, you kids, whatever, you know, you young people. You, go, you get into high school, some of you are there, high school, middle school, high school. You begin to learn this. You know, they, they teach you this. Of course, when you talk about psych, psychology and the mind and education, so, you, so you're, what they're doing is they're, they're infusing you with all, all this knowledge. You know how they do it? They introduce it to you first. So, so right now, where you can, you know, understand and how you receive these things is right up here in your mind. You hear it, it goes into your mind. So your intellect can be uh, enlightened. That's why they call it psych-ed. That's how God, God uses psych-ed too. He wants it to enter into your mind and if you ingest it, it's, gonna, it's going to fill your whole being. It's going to have access to your whole being, your soul, your spirit, your mind, your body. It's going to infuse your whole being, and then you go, voila. I get high every day. I'm coming out. I'm being transparent. Okay, are you kids listening to me? I get high every day. I do. I get high every day. I get high in Jesus. I get drunk. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm drinking that new wine. Huh? Drinking that new wine. So I'm intoxicated in the spirit. Huh? That's why I love God so much. Huh? That's probably why I stumble over my words sometimes. Huh? That's why I forget sometimes. Huh? I'm intoxicated with Jesus. Praise God. It's good. And if you really try it, you'll see how good it is. Hallelujah. You see me stumbling around sometimes? Probably because I'm staggering. Hallelujah. Then I'll just talk in a language that you can't even understand. <laughs> Evidence. I see some of you smiling. That's good. But that's the truth. Okay, so he says this. And this will we do if God permit. Oh, man. Tell you what. Uh, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Now, I, I, want, you to, I want you to understand something. We come in here, we come in here to worship God. <coughs> you cannot deny the presence of God. You cannot deny what we experience every time we come in here, even tonight. Man, when the Spirit of the Lord just falls upon this place, there's something about it. 
It's, it's, it's beautiful. You cannot deny that fact. And you, and you know, I know everybody in here feels it. You feel it. It's different. And I'm not saying, you know, you all like, oh, because even though you, you're not really, you know, submitting yourself, you still feel it. Mm -hmm. huh? But it makes you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Ooh, uh -huh. But you know what? God is here. So we have tasted, like he said, the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Did you know that's what's going on right now? You're tasting it. Mmm. Right. Yeah. Boy, I love white cake. <laughs> My wife has blessed me the past few days. Uh, last weekend, she made a white cake and man, made short work of that. She, named, she, made, she followed up, she made another one. I love white cake. That's my downfall. White cake, vanilla ice cream. Mmm. Man. Praise God. And uh, just the way it tastes. It's just something I love to... In my mind, the best, the best maker of white cake I could... And I say this, Evelyn Kisley from Wagner, South Dakota. She made Stephen Rich's wedding cake, white cake. Ah, oh, man. Best white cake I ever ate. Best white. I don't think anybody could match what she makes. I mean, I tell you what. I think about that cake, but I just... When you taste something good, the reason why I'm saying this, when you taste something good, it's hard for you to get over that taste. Woo! You want to go back and you want to taste it again, don't you? That's the way it ought to be with us. When we come in here, if we taste and see that God is good, we ought to want another taste. We ought to be wanting to excite our spiritual taste buds and say, Lord, I want some more. Amen. <coughs> Amen. Amen. the way it should be. Excuse me. <coughs> because it's going to get more difficult if we take it for granted. Excuse me. Amen. <clears throat> so if we have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. <clears throat> something that uh, I can say that we need to more, be more serious about. Because God never called us, God never called us to fail. 
He's called us to live. To, to grow, to prosper. But we make it difficult when we allow ourselves to fall back into that sinful state. He says, if they shall fall away, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Every time we turn our back on God, remember, He died to save us from our sins. Every time we turn our back on God, every time we go back into that place, you know what we do? We crucify Him all over again. We crucify. Seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. Woo! Sometimes I think <clears throat> if we have problems with that, if we have problems failing, what we need to do is we need to open up the Scripture, open up to this book, right, to this book right here, Hebrews, to this chapter, to this verse, we need to look at that. You need to confront yourself with that. Every time the devil tries to get you to turn your back on God, even not just the devil, yourself. And when you're struggling in your life and your <clears throat> sin is starting to Amen. Press against you. Temptation. That's what you need to do. You need to look into that and say, hey, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to allow myself to fall into that place where I crucify him all over again. And I put him to an open shame. Everything he did for you. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Huh? It's as simple as that. God called us so we can be saved. Called us so that we can be saved. Is it possible? <clears throat> is it possible to lose the Holy Ghost? Yes, it is. Why do you think Paul said that in... Uh, First Corinthians, First Thessalonians, chapter five. He said, "He said, quench not the spirit. <laughs> quench not the spirit. Don't quench it. Don't put that fire out. Let it burn. Don't quench the spirit. If you really want to live for God, you'll never quench the spirit. 
He'll always kindle those flames. You always kindle those flames. You always keep the fire burning. He'll always keep your soul warm. Even hot. Hallelujah. A lot of people don't realize that. Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> I like what I like what Paul says here in verse number 22. We'll start with that. You put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, Speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let's stop there for a second here. You know what that means? Be angry and sin not. Is that what he said? You know, I know we all we have a whole spectrum of human emotions we go through. We all do that. We always experience something. But you know, I'm glad we got God. God will help us overcome. Yes, we can. You know, there's no, there's, there's, you know, there is a, if I want to say it in a sense, there's a good sorrow and there's a bad sorrow. Amen. And there could be a good anger mm -hmm. and a bad anger. Amen. We, we, you know, we, we tend to kind of get, uh, how would I say, we kind of seem to get a little heated up sometimes. Mm. But here's the thing. Let not the sun go down upon, or be angry and sin not. Mm -hmm. Now look what he says. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Mm -hmm. In other words, you know what? If you feel angry, don't let your angry take you to do something that you, do, you, do, you don't want to do. That's your wrath. Mm -hmm. That's fulfilling the desire, that anger. If you feel angry, he said, let, let not the sun go down upon your anger. <clears throat> let it subside. Mm -hmm. Walk away if you must. Mm -hmm. Leave it alone until you're in a place where you're more level-headed to confront the situation. Because if you don't, your anger is going to go to take you to the point where your wrath is going to, amen, amen, be fulfilled. And, and see, that's, that's what he means. Don't let your anger take you to that point where people are going to experience your wrath. Oh, we all have a wrath. But our wrath is nothing compared to God's. So he said, wherefore, or neither give place to the devil. In other words, never, you know what that means? <clears throat> Does anybody know what that means? Neither give place to the devil. Do you know what that means? Anybody? Don't allow him to take over. Don't allow him to take over. Don't entertain him. Don't entertain him. Now, this is, this is kind of, 
this is kind of like a, a here's here's what the lexicon says. Let's say <clears throat> this area up here. Of course, this is all sanctified anyway. But I'm just, just as an example. Here's the devil over here. Here's trouble over here. Trouble's just musing over here. So guess what's going to happen? And we all know what that means. We go to certain places that we know, hey, we better stay away from there because there's trouble. So he says, give, don't give the devil place in others. Don't you dare go to that place where you know there's trouble. Turn your back away from it and go the opposite direction. Don't give place to the devil. Don't go there. That's what he means. Turn away from it. You know what he says? Eschew evil. So that's what, that's what we're supposed to do. Amen. Uh, let him that stole steal no more, <clears throat> but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now look what he says, and grieve. Not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Spirit. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ for God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> There's always going to be some disagreement. Something's always going to surface. But God made a way that if it does, guess what? What's the way we can clear everything? He said, let love cover a multitude of sins. <clears throat> and if you, if you do that, guess what's going to happen? If you wrong one another, guess what you can say? Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me for being this way. Amen. So you think about it. You think about what it is to, to be able to be. Now, let me tell you something. We need to get all this garbage out of our minds. We need to quit thinking like, you know, <clears throat> as a pastor, as a pastor, I'd probably say this to everybody. Why did you come to church in the first place? This church is not like any other church. Amen. This is the church of the living God. Amen. Amen. And the presence of God dwells in this place. So we come here, obviously, for the reason that we need salvation. I've been... Filled with the Holy Ghost since 1982. Been baptized in Jesus' name. But guess what? I still need salvation. Mm -hmm. 
I still need God. I still renew my relationship with Him. And you know what? <clears throat> my concern right now, I'm, ha I'm happy. I'm happy living for God. I'm happy He saved me. Amen. I'm happy I'm here. But guess what? I want to continue to live for Him. I want to continue to seek Him. I want to continue to go after Him. My, my mind's set to where, amen, uh, that I want to live for God and I'm going to seek Him. No matter what happens in my life, I'm going to be there. My, I'm not thinking about backsliding. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about failing God. You know, I never think about failing God. You know why? Because I don't want to fail God. Amen. All I want to do is live for Him. Amen. My mind is never there. I never entertain those things. Everything that you've built yourself up to right now, if you started up New Year's, we're just almost to the end of this month. How many of you said, oh, this is my New Year's re resolution? Guess what? We're not even out of the, the month of January. How many of you have, have failed your New Year's resolution? If you have a mindset to live for God, if you're determined to live for God, you won't be concerned about failing Him. You won't be concerned about backsliding, huh? Amen. Your only concern is, hey, I'm going to live for Jesus. And I want to be happy living for Jesus. Amen. Amen. That should be our testimony. That should be, amen, what, what we feel, how we feel in our hearts. That, man, we're going to do what we can. You've built so much up. That remember, you could lose it all in a moment. Mm -hmm. That's how del delicate it is. Mm -hmm. I've never been in a predicament that I've been as far as and, and I say this because I'm, I'm a pastor trying to keep people in the church trying to remind them. If you're going to talk to me, guess what my conversation is going to be? God. That's my only interest. God. He's my life. This is my life. We might talk about the weather every now and then. Yeah. We might even delve into politics a little bit, but we won't go too deep into it. It's too, <clears throat> how can I say it? It's just, it's too much about it. But I like talking about the Lord. I like talking about the things of God. I like, I like doing that. That's, that's, that's my, that's my thing. And I, and I hope that <clears throat> you all would come to the place where you, and I know you do this, this, there's uh, those of you that do, you do have a walk with God. I'm glad of that. I'm glad you have a walk with God. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're consistent. You're always there. It's good to look out in the congregation and say, Oh, Sister Adrian and Silas are still there. Huh? 
Sierra's still in the same seat she's sitting in. But it gets kind of difficult when you look out there and nobody's sitting there. Where are they? What would happen if you came in here and I wasn't standing behind here? What would you think? What would you think? Nobody said nothing. I never said nothing. Never gave you an indication I wasn't going to show up and you just came in and everybody's sitting there waiting. What are you going to do? <laughs> it would be awkward, wouldn't it? It would be out of place. And that's how it is with you too. So we need to be faithful. That's all I'm trying to say tonight. You need to be faithful. You need to live for God. Don't take your salvation for granted because you could lose it all just like that. Boom. I went over tonight. I'm sorry about that. But I won't charge you for it. All these 28 minutes were out. They're on me. They're on me, so. Praise God. Looking forward to some great things in the Lord. How about you? <clears throat> I'm looking forward to some great things in the Lord. I want to keep things going here in this fellowship. And uh, we're going to do what we can to be a light and reach out for souls and be a testimony for Jesus. We will be having uh, water baptism Friday, late Friday afternoon or evening. I'll, well, once I uh, can figure out the time, because we're doing some things here, but uh, we'll have a Brother Rich post it, and then everybody wants to come and witness the water baptism, you can come. We'll be doing that Friday evening, and then regular service this weekend, uh, Sunday school, and then evangelistic service. And as soon as I find out uh, about Brother Craig Marshall, I'll let everybody know I'll announce it. And, uh, amen. So God bless you. Thank you much, very, very much for coming tonight. God bless you. And happy birthday, Sister Walker. Amen. 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 So God bless.